Hey, Phil. Hey, Senda. You want to talk about what you can learn by being on both sides of the screen? And welcome to another episode of Pandas Talking Games. I'm one of your hosts, Phil. And I am your other host, Senda. And tonight's topic comes to us from longtime listener and topic contributor Blake Ryan Batman, who asked how being a player can make you a better GM. Uh, yeah, literally 10% of Pandas Talk games are topics from Blake Ryan Batman. Yeah, so I think it might be that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blake, who's basically just keeps us in business. Uh, awesome. Um, so Blake's question is great, but it's one-sided. And uh, we here at Pandas never do anything one-sided. So we got to look at this from both sides. Yeah. So we are going to look at how being a player can make you a better GM. Then we're going to look at how being a GM will make you a better player. Yep. So Phil, hey, do we need to define anything for this one? No. What? No, we don't. I don't we're believe talking, you. <laughs> we're talking about players and GMs, and I think that's pretty self-explanatory. All right, well. So I think we're all good. <laughs> okay. Well, then we will jump right into it. So we're going to start off with how being a player makes you a better GM. And as is probably no surprise to anyone at all, Phil wrote an article about this on Gnome Stew. Some time ago. When was that? In 2014. <laughs> yes, That's five years ago. <laughs> we don't know what he said. <laughs> and we didn't read it. <laughs> so go ahead and go back and read Phil's old thoughts on it. But today, we're going to venture on with new thoughts on it. Not from that article, but the new things that we would think about it today, right? Yeah, purposely, I made sure that when I looked up right. the article, I didn't read it. I was yeah. like, oh, no, no, I don't want to just do this article. <laughs> so I, I like, I, I just confirmed that the link existed. And then I was like, okay, I'll like, now let's just make it up and we'll see how, like, we, if you go read the article, you'll see how much it overlaps. Right. It might overlap. It might not. It's going to be yeah. like the big surprise ending to see how much it does. Surprise for me. <laughs> so... Let's talk about the thing that will um, that being a player will make you a better GM, right? That thing is perspective. Right. So it's the same idea as if you've been in a play or other production or something like that on stage versus like watching one from the audience, right? Which which you have. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've done lots of things backstage. Almost all the things backstage, really. A lot of them. I'm trying to think of anything backstage I haven't done at least once. Anyway, so with that as a metaphor, as the GMs in our game, we have more perfect knowledge and a better understanding of the game and the events that are going to unfold than our players do, like when you're actually in the play versus when you're sitting in the audience. Yeah. So we as GMs know the things that are going on in the background. Mm -hmm. We're engaging mechanics that aren't necessarily player facing, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes we're sometimes we're rolling on little tables and stuff on the side. And uh, we're also guiding the session, right? We're steering it into a direction we prepped for, which we're doing more or less depending on the game that we're running, right? Some games we might be steering that a little harder. Some games we may be steering it very little. 
Well, in some games, you if you're steering very little, you still have to steer, um, you know, into like the... Oh, shoot. What is the word? Principles, agenda, yes, the, and moves? Yeah, of the game itself. The actual concept and, you know, experience that the game is built to create. Whether, yeah, I agree. Even if it's not powered by the apocalypse, which is why I did not use those words. <laughs> They're good words, though. They are fantastic words. They were well done words. Anyway, um, so as players, there are all of those things that we may not see. We only see what's presented to us by the GM themselves and the other players. So sometimes something that seems very logical for the GM who has complete knowledge of what's going on in the game can seem arbitrary to a player. So sometimes that arbitrary is fine because it might be something like a mystery and the players just don't have enough knowledge. Right. But a lot of times, and, what, and um, kind of what we're referencing here is that sometimes when something seems arbitrary, it's because some other detail got missed being conveyed to the players. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I just wanted to I just wanted to bring to that clarify, up. Clarify, right? That that that's not about yep. like as players we're still discovering things. It's about um we don't understand how your plot connects, right? Exactly. Yep. Right. But it's being able to understand the perspective of the players that can make you a better GM, right? That can help you make sure that those connections are clear and expressed to your players. When you're a player in a game, you experience what works and, and does not work in a game, right? So as you're sitting there at the table, like, you know, like, what parts of the game are clicking and what parts of the game are clunky. Right. So you are sitting there and, and you know, things might be happening. You're paying attention to stuff like, are you getting bored because the spotlight didn't move around enough? Did the plot seem to lurch forward in a weird forced way, like making a connection you didn't expect to happen? Is there an NPC that's doing way too much of the party's work for them or being very deus ex machina, right? Did the GM's reveal just cause the whole table to gasp? Or did the description of the haunted mansion send a shiver up your spine the way you wanted it to? Right. So by taking your play experience, either during or after the game, I'm going to strongly recommend after the game, like focus yes. on the game while you're playing it. <laughs> but like jot yourself a note or something, like take an yeah, index yeah, card yeah. and jot a note. You can then ask yourself, like, why did that work or didn't work? Right. And then like you can even go a little deeper, like what did the GM do or fail to do to make that happen? And then you can turn that around and make it something actionable by asking, what could I do when I GM to do that or not do that? Right. So right. we're, we're going to talk through an example. So we're going to talk through an example like Phil played in a game and he got bored because it took a while for the spotlight to get back to him. Right. So I'm going to play Phil's psyche and we're going to go through this thought process we just discussed. OK. Are you ready, Phil? Yeah. You're like my Friday. <laughs> uh, to my Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. That's what's going to happen. Good. So what went wrong in the game that you ended up bored? Uh, yeah, well, uh, so, you know, like I got my turn and then it was, you know, the spotlight moved off of me and it moved over to one of the other players and then moved, like it stayed on that player for a while. And then like it went over to this other player and then it stayed on that player for a while. And, and then, you know, some things bogged down, you know, because there were, um, there was, you know, a rules question, so ultimately I just, I got bored because I wasn't doing anything. Like I, I had done my, you know, my part of the turn and just kind of sat there for a while, like a while before the spotlight got back to me. Yeah. So what are the, what were some of the things that led to that taking so long? Yeah. So I, you know, for sure, like the GM looking up rules, 
was like one of those things, right? Like there was, you know, the the monster had a special attack that the GM wasn't familiar with. So like, you know, we had to consult some rules and see how that worked. And, you know, do you get a save? Do you get bonuses? Whatever. And then the other thing that the GM did was like every player like fought and killed a single monster. So it was like multiple rounds of combat, like, you know, back and forth, back and forth until they killed their their creature. And then the GM moved the spotlight over to the next player and then they you know fought a creature and then moved the spotlight that kind of thing right so what could you do to avoid those things when you run your next game right so my takeaways like if i like what would i do differently right so for sure if i know i'm using this monster and i'm unfamiliar with the rules like or the you know for the magic powers for that monster like i could um in my prep i could actually put some notes like I could, I could actually just paste in the rules from the from the book uh, in my prep, so I have them right there, so I'm not fumbling around looking them up. And the other thing is, I definitely don't have to have each player kill a monster before I shift the spotlight, right? So I can have everyone like make a an attack or you know make an attack or something like that, and then shift the spotlight and just keep moving, like just keep moving the spotlight around, and we can just keep going around and around and around until the creatures are finally killed, right? We don't have to stop and do each player killing a monster yeah just make it move faster yeah yeah so don't like don't try to complete a thing right just do part of it and then move on to the next player yes yeah so in summary be mindful of what's working and what is not working when you're playing in a game reflect on why that is and then make an action from that that you can apply to your games so that you can pick up on the good stuff and make sure not to do the bad stuff, right? Seems pretty straightforward to me. Right? (laughs) So, Phil, can we be a better player by GMing? Yeah, we actually can be a better player uh, by GMing. Looking at the flip side of this, GMing does actually make you a better player uh, because of empathy. Yeah. Right? So, as a GM, you know that you're doing eight different things at the same time, right? We always talk about the eight different tasks the GM's doing at the same time. Yep. It's never the same eight different tasks. No, but there are definitely eight, yeah. (laughs) Right. So as a player, knowing that you can help your GM by either doing some of those eight things or by intentionally making those eight things easier. Right. And um, we thought we just might pick out some of the things that you can do both to make it easier or to just do some of the stuff. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my first my first choice was take the hook. Yes. Right. So um, as as a GM, right, you know that at times it can be hard to get the players to take the hook to kind of get into the flow of the session, right? Uh, especially if players are being like like way too realistic about like why they can't take the hook. Like, oh, I don't know that that mountain seems dangerous. Like. I don't think we can go up the mountain, right? Well, like my character yeah. is just a poor farmer. Why would she ever leave her farm? Why did you make this character? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, my kid doesn't ride a bike. It's a kids on bikes game. <laughs> yeah, but I I mean I I just like I like to stay at home. I don't ride bikes, right? So a, a lot of times uh players like, you know, they try to steer the game into this like, you know, into a different place or, you know, like an area that you're not prepared for, right? So like when you're a player who's also been a GM, right? Like, just, like, reach up and grab that hook. Yeah. And just pull, right? Yeah. Pull hard. Yeah. Make it, like, do the GM a favor and be like, yep, you know what? I'm putting down I'm putting down my plow. And yes, we are going up into the mountains to rescue our friends from the chaos monsters. Like, 
we're just yeah. going to do that because we're farmers and, you know, who cares? Like, you right. know, grab what weapons we can find. Find exactly. a reason to so, take it. <laughs> that's a great help to a GM. What, what's another thing that you can do? Well, you can aid with spotlight management, right? So um, the GM can move the spotlight around, and it is a lot of times their responsibility. But as a player, you can move the spotlight around too, right? Um, or you can spread the spotlight, right? So it's great if the GM's focus is elsewhere and the spotlight gets stuck, like that can happen, right? Especially if it's stuck on you, it's really easy then because um, you can do things like ask a player a question to um, shift the focus over to another player or to bring them into the spotlight with you, right? Either or. So you can either literally just hand it to them. You can be like, you know, I come running up to um, Grandiose the Vein and I and I hand him the golden chalice and I collapse at his feet and say, you must take it the rest of the way. You know, that's a pretty drastic example, but pass the spotlight. Or, you know, you can say, hey, um, it would be really cool if you got in here and picked this lock for me while I protected you so that we could get through the door, right? So you bring yeah. someone into the scene with you and share that spotlight time. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I, you know, as a player, we'll just ask like another player, like, what are you doing as you're watching like me do this? Right, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like, are you just standing there? Are you like, you know, is it, are you all, are you looking for something else? Is it that like, animation in like JRPGs, like where they just like rock yeah. gently back and forth? Well, it's not their turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just that act of asking those questions, like immediately, like in, immediately shifts the spotlight around. Yeah. And sometimes it's all a good, that's, sometimes it's all a GM needs to jump in. Yeah. Right. Like it kind of jars them back into like, oh, right. Thanks for moving that along for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What else, Phil? Uh, B rules support. This is also known as the Andy Fox uh, role. <laughs> Um, yeah, it is. Andy Fox is great uh, rule support, especially if you've never read the book. Yes. Um, so if you um, if you also GM this game, right, and you have system mastery of this game, then you can help the GM when a rules question comes up. Like you don't have to leave it to the GM to be the de facto answer for, you know, all the rules. If you know how much a healing potion returns in hit points, like just say it or... Um, if a player gets stuck and they have a question about some part of their character, like, and the GM's also like in another part, like, you know, working like with another character on like, maybe they're spotlighting another character. Like you can turn to the other player and say, yeah, like, what's your question? Right. I can help you with that. So it's, um, and this also becomes really, really helpful if the GM who's GMing the game is just starting to learn this game. Or is so send up. for for instance, like for instance, if I like you know, like if I wanted to um, if I wanted to run a game and I had like only read the rules once and you had played a bunch of times like and had run it a bunch of times, then you would be like great rule support because you could kind of you know fill in my gaps right uh, as as we're playing. So the real trick though to being rule support is like make sure that you're providing enough support, but that you're not being like a like pushy or like a know it all. Right. right. You don't want to come off the wrong way with it. Like, you know, you don't want to come off being undermining. You want to just come off being helpful. 
you don't want to be the rules lawyer. And there is a fine line between I'm here and available and I will answer any questions or jump in if you want me to support you. And, well, that's not how it works when I run the game. Yes, don't do that yeah, one. No. Right? Like, <laughs> don't, don't ever do that. <laughs> don't do that. That's not, that's no bueno. That's not support. No, <laughs> no that, that's not support. That's showing off. Yes. Right? Support. And if, it, and if you know your GM, right? So if your GM's, like, totally chill, like, like I don't, like, I don't, um... This isn't a thing that 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 yanks at my ego, right? If I don't know the particular rules for a game, it doesn't bother me if somebody will help out with the rules. But sometimes, sometimes people need to feel to feel secure running a game. They need to feel like they're the like the head of the table kind of thing. Right. So sometimes it's good to like if if you have a friend who's like that and you want to be good rule support, like it's good to just see, like get them privately and be like, "Yo, dude, like." I know that you're uh, like, you know, I'm run- I know you're running this like I've, I've run this game a bunch of times. So like, look, if you need any question, like if you need any rule support or whatever, like just call on me. Right. Right. Like just kick it. Like just like say, you know, hey, Phil, like, you know, what do you know about this? And then I'll totally like I'll jump in and help out. Like it makes it um, it, it gives them the consent to ask for help. Yes. Rather than you like just butting it. Yep. Which is actually pretty much how I used Andy completely. But also, I don't think that she knew that she was being rule support. I would just be like, oh, a daily thingy. Daily stuff. That's not a D20 stuffs thing that I know. Hey, Andy, how does that work? And then she would explain it. And then I'd be like, How many sessions did it take? I forget. Did she ever catch on that you didn't know how to play 4th edition? No, I told her later. (laughs) I think we recorded and she was like, you what? (laughs) It's hilarious. I thought she okay. knew. Uh, give me one more. Right. Okay. Anyway. Um, so the last one we have on here, and this connects with something we've actually talked about pretty recently, and that is take good notes. Right. So we know as GMs how hard it is for everyone to remember what happened from session to session um, and those details and things. And, and as the GM, you don't want to be the person who is responsible for reminding everyone what they did. Partially because you may not remember super duper well either. Sometimes it's harder to take player notes about player things when you're also trying to write down all of the GM things. And it's better if they write it down from their perspective. It just is, right? So be a big help and take notes that will get everyone up to speed in the next session and keep the GM from having to do the recap every time. Yeah, I have in the in the decades I have played, like I have gone through every iteration of recapping um, possible from the, I'm not recapping you lazy effing players. Like take your own, take your own notes, sink or swim. Right. If you don't Um, remember, then your character doesn't remember. Right. I've done that. I've done, you know, okay guys, last time, this is what happened. Read like some bulleted points. I've done super elaborate ones when I was a GM, like for my iron heroes campaign, um, I would write a piece of flash fiction. Wow. Um, you had a lot that more was time like, on your hands then. Whoa, did I ever. <laughs> I had a lot. I, had, I would write these flash fiction pieces of like often from an NPC's perspective of what happened in the past adventure. Yeah. I, and I also had a GM PC who would write uh, letters to his dead wife. Right. So he would write letters and then he would burn them so the smoke would go like up to the heavens so that she would get his messages. So he often would recap, um, he would recap the adventures by like writing to her. 
Right. Um, those like <laughs> that's a lot of free time. It's a right? lot like, of work. <laughs> I don't have that kind of free time anymore. So yes, like I've done them all. None of them are perfect. But if players can help out with that, it is it's a big help for the GM because often the recap is like while like the GM's trying to get set up. Yep. Right. Or or, the you know, you can save time by doing the recap while the GM is setting up. Yep. Yeah. Because because trust me, the GM knows what happened last session. Right. Like they prepped it. They prepped it. They know where it's going. And if they and most good GMs jot a few notes during the course of a session, they know where it is. It's taking the time to have to remind all of you, us players, what happened. So if you as a player can jot all that down and be like, hey, while the GM's throwing their stuff out, let's uh, hey, let me like just run down what happened last time. Right. Like you were over here and you were doing this. And like that's uh, that's immensely helpful. Yeah, and it helps also because everybody can kind of pitch in during that part too. But if you get people yeah. started, if you jog their memory, then they'll usually start jumping in. And um, I mean, my table, we have a table culture tradition that the GM never recaps, right? We all sit down and the GM says, okay, who wants to tell us what happened last time? Uh-huh. And we all look at Wen, who took really good notes. And then... <laughs> And then we'll start throwing things out there, right? Yeah. Yes. So when we start recapping, uh, it must be time to reach the end of the show. Before we uh, get to the end of the show, Senda, tell me about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. Sure. The Cypher Speak podcast is an engaging discussion that covers the evocative and inclusive settings of the Cypher system. Darcy and Troy are entertaining co-hosts who offer GM advice and ideas for use in your games. And we are sending many healthy, well, get better wishes at Troy. You know, stick it out there. Stick around. Keep podcasting. Feel better soon. Uh-huh. Yep. Things look things look really well. And uh, yeah, um, we hope you are uh, recuperating uh, and feeling better, Troy. Yes. Awesome. Senda, where do people reach us on the internet? Well, you can find us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pandas talk games. We are like this close to our Google Plus replacement. Um, spoilers, it's going to be a forum because having lost modern technology, we are going backwards into the, the ancient history of technology. But, uh, you know, it seems to be the best solution. And uh, if you don't like any of those solutions, you can send us an email, panda at misdirectedmark.com. And Phil, once they have that information, what can they do with it? Topics, 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 topics. We need your topics. This is how the show works. Listen, you've all seemed to have gotten this because we are still <laughs> recording. And it's been three years. And it's been three years. And I swear that we've only come up with like two or three topics on our own. So right. out of 155 episodes, like 153 of them have been all you. Very little us, uh, which is the way we like it. Yep. Because we like to talk about the things that you find interesting. Yep. Otherwise, we're going to talk about um, cooking bags. and bags. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe some <laughs> ditch lilies, but I think you all right. like that. Right. Like, I, I suspect everybody else likes the ditch lilies. But either case, we um, we love your topics. Please send us topics um, about jamming, about playing, gaming, game design, like whatever it is. Trust us. We'll figure out a way to make a show out of it. We are super crafty in that respect. Hit us up on Twitter. If you follow us personally, you can toss it out to us personally. It works in every way. If you get it to us, we'll get it on the list. And 
then at that point, it's kind of a crapshoot because it's whatever um, grabs my fancy. Like, I go through the list mm-hmm. every week, and I'm like, well, what are we going to do a show on? And then I'm like, oh, how about this one? And then we're off and running. Um, I will tell you that if you're listening, uh, we're going to be doing some grab bag episodes coming up. I think we'll be recording the first one when this episode drops, but um, I have a trip coming up. And because I will be traveling, we have to do grab bags. So yep. um, get ready for some short form Fast questions and a little ditch lily trivia. <laughs> if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please support our Patreon campaign. Go to patreon.com slash MMP. It is what keeps the lights on and what keeps us doing what we are doing. If you support the Patreon, uh, we do give you some cool stuff. First of all, there are the bonus outtakes. They're a bit racy at times. Um, (laughs) There is the Misdirected Mark after show, which can also be a bit outrageous. Yep. Potentially Uh, racy. Yep. You can get access to our show notes, our Slack room. Um, The Slack room for life is an awesome community uh, of some really, really um, cool peeps talking about games and talking about life in general, being just good humans. And uh, occasionally we like to make stuff and give stuff out to people. We haven't had one come up in a little while, but um, eh, we'll get there. They'll be, they come out as surprises all of a sudden. We just, you know, shower our uh, Patreons with stuff. In fact, I kind of feel like there might be one coming. I got some ideas. Anyway, we also like to shout out to some of our patrons in each episode. And this week, who are we shouting out to? Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice. Thank you so much, Andy. Jen Pixelscape, love your art. You are awesome. Thank you. And Troy E. Taylor, thank you so much, Troy. Hey, if you are already supporting the Patreon campaign or unable to support the Patreon campaign, what is a cool thing that you um, can do that helps us immensely, makes us so ridiculously happy that we're like pandas drunk on bamboo? You could write us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice because every new review we get really does actually help people find the show, which is fantastic because that's really the end goal here is we like to make more friends and meet more people and have more cool people in our community, which means that more people need to hear about us so that we can do that. Anyway, so if you leave us a rating or review, that actually really does help us. It also (laughs) makes us incredibly happy like drunk pandas. Who have eaten too much bamboo. Legit. <laughs> Legitimately. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Phil, show me how you're going to help the next GM that you game with. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, show me what you got, hey, show me what you got, 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 show me what you got. Click the click, the click, 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 then click, 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 click. Welcome to the pre-show. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble with my own. I'm gonna get in trouble with my own show for doing for doing my shtick. I I was just following you. You were stealing your own bit. <laughs> I know. I was just making it up. I, I I didn't have anything planned. That was improv. That was improv <laughs> acting. <laughs> it sounded yes. like. Bloop.
last pre-show, we had a cliffhanger because you had ordered your Peak Design uh, pouch, but it had not yet arrived. Dun, dun, dun. But it did. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes, it did. So and tell so tell me about it. Yeah. Okay. So it's 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 perfect. Um, <laughs> okay. So it's made out of that really nice stuff that your Peak Design bag is made out of, like super waterproof, like really yes. tight knit stuff. Yeah. Right? The twice the twice permeated. I forget yeah, what it is. I'll it's, go, I'll it's go look it up schmancy. while you. Yeah. Um, and it is, um, it's not very big, which is exactly what I wanted because this pouch needs to fit exactly my wallet, my keys, and my phone, and that's it, right? Like, I don't want to be lugging anything else with me. That's the whole point. And I have kind of a big wallet right now because it's a big, awesome, like, Star Wars wallet that I'm not right. getting rid of because I love it. And you needed it to be smooshy. And I needed it to smoosh flat and fit in my backpack so that I could have it with me. Um, so that when I'm at work, I'm not like either carrying my backpack with me to go buy lunch, which is dumb and annoying, or lugging my phone and my wallet and my keys as individual separate objects in my hands because pockets plus patriarchy equals I don't have any. The, the most amazing thing about this entire experience probably has been, and this sounds really silly, but has been the fabric that the strap is made out of. The way that it yeah. slides over fabric so that you can just place things exactly where you want them is, like, amazing. Bloop. Well, like that, um, and I can't wait because I really am going to use that also as my camera strap. And it has these little cool quick-release things and everything, yeah. right? You just boop, 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 boop. Yep, Done. and you're good to go. Yeah. Bloop. Cool stuff. I was having fun with that. Um, I got to do a bunch of cooking this week i don't yeah, usually did. get to do yeah bunch of like, cooking that, but that's not a thing that i talk about because i just always cook yeah but i i was uh, i was you do uh, not no i was home alone and uh i got to do some uh i got to do some cooking ah! nah not really i got that shit under control i love it <laughs> um no i made this really cool pork uh chinese barbecue pork recipe i was having that- a home alone moment like, oh no, I was oh, with you. I knew. Okay, sorry. No, bar- I knew barbecue pork. Keep going. Yeah, no, I was with you. No, so I made some. I made some really delicious um, Chinese barbecue pork. So I had the pleasure of playing with Camden while he was in town briefly. Uh huh. Um, and he made dinner. Um, and uh, I have also previously had the pleasure of knowing that Camden is an amazing cook too. Um, and he made a sort of a a, a take. A little bit of an adjusted take on a chicken piccata that was really good. And so I came home and immediately made the same thing for dinner the next night and tried to pull it off. And uh, I don't, it didn't look quite as pretty. And I think I know what I did differently. Um, but damn, it tasted good. <laughs> so I was very That's proud awesome. of myself because, you know, measurements, recipes, whatever. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, you're much better at that than I am. I'm it getting takes practice, much, right? Like you're, you're yeah. in the practice phase. So. Yeah, and I'm I'm I think I've like where I'm settling into and I'm really comfortable with is um out of my own laziness, like I really like stir fry. Bloop. I know the thing that I appreciate about like tonight I was super duper lazy because moon sickness and cramps. And so I went into my freezer because I always have things in my freezer for, you know, whenever I'm like bad cooking, blah, work, effort, brain power. And I pulled out a bag of frozen Bertolis and I dumped it in a pan. And I was like, this is basically Italian stir fry. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work. Like, right? yeah, like it's noodles. 
It was noodles, broccoli, tomato, mushrooms in a light, um, like buttery cream sauce, right? Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. You know, now Done. that you mentioned that, that's actually really good because I was thinking as I was expanding, like as I was considering ideas to expand out my repertoire of um, other dishes. And that's actually really good. That style of Italian would actually be something I would, yeah, I could jam you just, on. You just cook the noodles exactly like you did for your your Chinese stir fry. Yep. And then you like do the meat and everything in the pan just like you would, but it's just it's just a different flavor profile. And it's a different sauce. Yeah. yeah. I could tot- I I could totally make that dish. Yeah. Um. Cool. Bloop. All right. Cool. We, we really talked about start. bags. We talked about we talked about food. We should I talk know. about gaming. I know. We're fifteen minutes. <laughs> you ready? Yes. Meow. Okay. Meow. Bloop. Boom. Boom. That's going in the outtakes. Bloop. Yeah. Did I miss something? No, no, no. I'm sorry. We're jammed. We're all jammed up because I interrupted that thing. That's okay. I'm pretty sure I wrapped it into the last line there. Do I have to talk in the Friday voice? Because I don't think I have a good Friday voice. No, no, you just talk in your voice. That's, oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't download Friday. I downloaded you. Oh, okay. I mean, I have a pretty good robot voice. This is way off track, I know, but I could totally, you know. <laughs> Phil, what went wrong with the game? <laughs> um, no, don't don't creepy, do that. Creepy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bloop. Do pandas get drunk on bamboo? Have you ever seen them? They don't stand or walk very well. They fall down a lot. I assume they're just drunk most of the time. <laughs> I mean, I was like, then they must just be drunk all the time because they just eat bamboo anyway. Bloop. Uh, yeah, I definitely am going to do the notes thing. Definitely taking a lot of notes. Sure you are. <laughs> Show, Show me what you got. 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 Bloop. Hey, 45 minutes. I know. I'm really happy and excited about that. Bestow mercy upon your editing <laughs> this week. Please, my we next... don't even have to stay longer. I know my next two weeks of editing are going to be pretty intense between um, you being out of town and like Annie's stuff and. Right. Know. Oh, that's right. You got a little. You get um, prep to get the um, stuff yeah, to turn in for the Annie's. Yeah, they changed around the thing, so now I have to do a bunch more editing to turn it. And I was like. <gasps> I understand why you want this, but also, like, I already edited these once. Sad face. Right. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's true. I mean, we do edit the show, but now they they want to. They basically want to clip the package. Yeah, they wanted they wanted the fifteen minute version, which was really funny. So I basically took the show we decided to submit and turned it into the show we promised everybody this was going to be in the first episode. Oh, you mean like a fifteen minute, a ten to fifteen minute show? Yeah. I'm not even sure how I ever thought of that. <laughs> um, I think that you were lying to yourself, to me, and to Chris, because I think none of us really actually had time to do another podcast, but we really, really wanted to. And so we were like, it's going to be fine. It'll be super short. It'll be yes. like 20 minutes of editing. It'll be like 20 minutes to record. It'll be like no major time suck out of anyone's schedule. It'll be fine. It'll be great. And here we are. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it you're, worked. You're, here yeah, we are. But yes. But, like, you're too cool to talk to for 10 minutes. Like, Well, I know that's apparently the problem is we, we can't have a 10-minute conversation. 
Right. I think that I think that was part. I think I think that's part of what ultimately failed was like, um, you know, it was just too cool to talk to. So it was like, uh, Bloop. You know. <laughs> anyway, let's get out of here because now we're at 48 minutes. Yeah. Scram. Let's scram. OK. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs>